Man. All right, good morning, everybody. Hey, let Pastor Chris know you love him this morning, all right? So. All right, well, we are in a series right now, and um, the series is called Christian Atheist, okay? Has anybody ever heard that before, Christian Atheist? How many people have been here for any of the sessions that we've done, Christian Atheist? All right. How many people say it's against my religion to raise my hand in church? So how many people, just go ahead and just lift it up there, let me see, right? Okay, there we go, there we go. No, I'm glad, uh, glad you're here this morning, it's good to see everybody. I just want to echo with Pastor Chris, thank you so very much for your faithfulness in your tithes and in your offering, uh, your offerings and uh, especially just your commitment here to the, the building fund. Um, we know that it, uh, you all, everybody knows it takes, it costs money, takes money to, uh, to live in this world. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, okay? The, this whole series of Christian atheists, it's, um, you know, it's Christian, you're, you're, I believe in God, a Christian atheist, I believe in God, but, all right, and, and right there at that but, we know we're gonna get into problems, and we've heard things like, but I don't think I can change, and things like, you know, I, uh, uh, just all different things. And anywhere we put that but, I believe in God, at but <laughs> right after that, we're, gonna, we're probably gonna get into trouble. We're gonna get into a problem. Today, we're talking about when you believe in God, but trust more in money. Okay, when you trust more in money. So um, while, while we're talking about this, if, uh, if you have, any, if you have a, a bill, uh, like a, you know, a $100 bill, a $1,000 bill, a million dollar, if you have a million dollar bill, if you just come on up here and see me. But um, if you have any money, just take, the, take a, a dollar out, some money, hold it in your hand there. Um, we're not going to take up an offering, you know, we won't come by and pass the buckets or any of that kind of thing. I, I, I felt fear gripping people's hearts, you know. Um, but I just want to remind you about some, um, um, some things. I shouldn't say, uh, anyhow. So uh, the, although we're going to talk about money t- this morning, the first thing I want to say right up front is that, that the issue we're talking about, it's not really about money, okay? And when, you, when we say you, the Christian and atheist, I believe it, when you believe in God, but you trust more money, the issue is about trust. The issue is where is your trust, the issue, really, it's, it's, it's who or what do we trust in. So in, in essence, it really becomes about what's in our heart. So this is about a heart uh, issue today. I think all of us would probably know the scripture um, in Proverbs where it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Okay, so trust in the Lord with all of your heart, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I mean, that's a good scripture, right? That's a good scripture. How many people think that's a good scripture? We have a huge problem here, Pastor Chris. I'm telling you, we've got a huge issue here. So, um, no, it's a great scripture. So the problem isn't the scripture. The problem or the question is, do we do this? Do we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? And right after this, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, the scripture goes on in verse seven, it says this, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Here's the whole issue of trusting in God first is because everything, everything we have, everything we are, everything we need, we're ultimately going to get from God. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's, that's just, that's truth. And, and I really today, in my own heart, I don't think that there's anybody here that would just, you know, really stand up and go, well, Pastor Sam, I've just got to tell you, I trust more in money than I do in God. I mean, if that's how you believe, that's true. But I think most of us said, no, no, we, we trust in God. Um, I, I trust God more than I trust money. I, I trust God more than I trust my own wisdom. And so the question then becomes, then is this how we live? Do we live like we trust God more than we trust money? As I was preparing for this message, I uh, had to, to buy something and I pulled it out. And um, I, 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 I'm sure I knew this, that it was on there, but I really hadn't studied it in a long time. But I know on our coins, on all of our coins, it says, in God we trust. But when I pulled the money out, I noticed that on the money, the, the, the United States currency, I don't know if this is true for all currencies or not, but uh, if you've got the money, you can look on it. And in all of, our, all of our bills, it says, in God we trust. In God we trust. So, so every time that we, in our culture, in our country, in our, when we take out money, when we handle money, hopefully, and, and I think that there was probably some intentionality there with our you know, with our government, with our founders back when we were a Christian country and nation, and don't get me started on all that. But, um, right, I think that there was an intention that said, hey, that, that we, our trust isn't going to be in currency. Our trust isn't going to be in gold. Our trust isn't going to be in our own ability. Our trust is going to be in God. Amen? How many people think that's a good plan this morning? I think it's a great plan. So uh, God wants to help us then to develop this understanding in our lives. And the way that he does this is he gives us some things to believe. And so we're going to talk about a couple of things today. The first thing I want to mention is, is that God set up the system of money, all right? Money in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing, okay? We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, money is, is simply, the exchange of currency is simply a system <clears throat> that God set it up. And so I want to relieve you of some pressure. Some of you, don't put your money away. You may need it before this message is over, okay? So, uh, but, uh, but, but God set up a principle. He says, hey, I own everything. I, it's all his. How many, how many people know that God owns it all? You know, in Psalm chapter 50, it's one of my, uh, it's one of those verses, I don't know if you, how you read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I read something and I find it humorous. So in Psalms chapter 50, uh, verse 12, he says this, he says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, he says, I, I, if he goes, I wouldn't tell you if I was hungry. He says, because I can supply everything that not only that I need, he goes, I can supply everything you need for the world is mine and everything in it. God owns it all. God owns it all. Come on, just say it with me. God owns it all. That's a great place to understand, a great place, a great place to start with. So, so if God owns it all, then that kind of relieves a little pressure. If you've ever thought, well, all the church wants is my money or God needs my money, let me tell you right up front, God doesn't need your money. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, God doesn't need your money. Okay? 
New Covenant Church will take it, but God doesn't need it, all right? So, <clears throat> you know. But you know what we really, what's really needed is we need God's provision. We need God to be the one, the one who owns everything, the one who has it all, the one who has nothing. We need his supply in our lives. And so because he has it all and because his intention is to get it to us and give it to us, he gives us some wisdom like Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4. He says, so don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. Now, if there's a scripture that probably needs to be on billboards uh, today, this is, I think this is a great scripture. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Does anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody here just immediately you think about somebody trying to get rich, that you have a friend, you have a family member, somebody, that's all they work at, that's all they think about. I've got to get more money, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and, and it's all about acquiring wealth. And God says, hey, be wise enough to no one to quit chasing money, quit trying to be rich so you can th- focus on things that are really important. Verse 5 says, don't focus on money. Why? Why? Because in the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly like an eagle. <laughs> Anybody ever seen that happen? You just see money, just, it just, it's there, and then all of a sudden it's gone, right? Anybody in, ever invested like in Enron or anything like that? That's right. You know. So, uh, I mean, it, all of a sudden you're wealthy, and then you're not, and, and money just takes wings and flies. So God says, hey, write priorities. Put, ha, keep right priorities in your life. Keep family. Keep, keep relationships ahead, ahead of, of money. I know people who have sacrificed sacrifice relationships just so they could acquire dollars. Let me tell you, that's always going to be a bad deal. Amen? Hey, and in case you don't realize this, um, this, is going to, this is a message that is going to help you immensely because Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming, right? And, and, and I don't know how we've managed to get here exactly, but how many people know that so many times that even something like Christmas, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, can become so much more about the money and the gift and the traffic and so much less about the relationship. And, and I, for one, say this year, let's make it about Jesus. Amen? This year, let's not, yeah, come on, go ahead and give Jesus a hand this morning, all right? So why, why don't we take that challenge right up th- front and say, hey, listen, I'm not going to try and buy my way into right relationship, or I'm not going to try to impress people with how much I spend, and, and I'm going to choose being a good steward, okay? I'm going to choose making good financial decisions over just trying to meet every want and need that everybody has. Amen? Amen. So, um, so again, God doesn't need your money. He ne- we need his provision. Another thing is, is that God wants great things for us. God wants great things. God wants great things for each and every one of us. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul is writing uh, here to Timothy. He's talking to his, uh, his disciple, his, his son in the Lord, and he's telling him, he says, listen, I know that there are some people that they have used the gospel They've seen the gospel, they've seen religion as a way to make money, 
as a way to, to, to gather, as a way to, to take care of themselves. He says, but that's not who you are. And then he goes into chapter verse six and he begins to say this. He says, true godliness with contentment. Now I've underlined that circle in my, or the scripture, that, that scripture in my notes. I, I would encourage you, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So, so Paul's beginning to redefine here. He's saying wealth isn't about your bank account. Wealth is about your relationship with God. Okay, so true godliness with contentment is great wealth. After all, I know this is gonna surprise some of us, but after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. Amen, how many people know that? You brought nothing with you, naked as a jaybird, right? And we, can take, we can't take anything with us when we leave. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. That contentment, you see, it comes back to the heart. Are we content? Now, now the scripture here is telling us, says, hey, if you have food and clothing, be content. My, my question is, do we really live like we're content with just food and clothing? Now, it doesn't say that's all that you can have, but it says this, it says, if you'll be content with clothing and food and thankful that you have the basics of life, then you know what else, then you know what? Then everything else will be blessing. And a spirit of gratitude and appreciation will flood our lives, amen? So that's when he goes on, he says, people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires. He said people who, who are longing, and that word longing there really is, it's the word lust. People who lust to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. How about a time of confession? Anybody here ever got in a get-rich-quick scheme in their life? Oh, come, just, just me and Mike. We're the only three, nobody... Okay, nobody's ever, you know, got into a multi-level program, right? Uh, just, okay, we've got a few of us, a few more hands. Come on, be free. Woo, it'll set you free. Come on, I'm telling you, all right, it's a be free. Yeah, I, yeah I'm still, uh, yeah. So when it says here, they fall into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Well, why does this take place? For the love of money is the root, okay, get this, remember the root, we talked about roots last week, how root of anger will, will, and a root of bitterness will, it de will defile our lives, and, and unless it's just the flow in the, of the Holy Spirit, then any other kind of root is gonna bring harm into our lives, so it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, get it right, the love of money isn't evil, it's just the love of money is the root. It opens us up. When we put our affections, when we, put our, when we see money as our security and money as our identity, folks, you know what? We're opening ourselves up and letting things be planted in our lives, okay, that are gonna grow things that, that are gonna be harmful to our lives. Because only says some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and they've pierced themselves with sorrows. He said they've, that this has happened. 
Now, I, I don't know everybody's story here, but I can tell you that growing up in a, in a family that struggled financially, okay, I, um, m- many of you know the story. My, I had a brother who was sick, and it seemed like all of our, all of our resources went just to <clears throat> take care of him and his sicknesses and his illnesses and stuff. And so as I got older, uh, starting very young in life, um, my parents' work and making money was a priority. If I wanted something, I can remember, how many, anybody got any Chuck Taylors on, any Chuck uh, Converse, how many, some of our kids got Converse on, got some Converse on, man, man, you're making fashion statements, this is cutting edge, trendy kind of stuff, it's new, okay, it's new to our, how many people remember Converse, Canvas Converse back in the day, way back in the day, I remember, okay, saving up, had a paper route, and saving up my money and saving up my money, and I went out and bought my first, my, my pair of Converse. I can remember paying $12 for a pair of Converse, canvas Converse, man, high top canvas Converse. Man, I'm telling you, I, I wore, you know, um, highway, you know, waiters, you know, I, I cut my pants off just so people could see my Converse. I'm telling you, you know, it's like, you know, I can remember my dad saying, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Who would ever spend $12 for a pair of tennis shoes? You can wear PF flyers for $2.99. So, I mean, you know. But how many, listen, how, for me, money became, a, money or lack of a money became an identity thing. And, and, and whether you're poor or, or whether you've uh, struggled financially or maybe you've had an abundance financially, I'm telling you, there are lots of people in our world that money becomes their security blanket. It becomes their identifying thing. Some, for some people, it's the spirit of poverty that, that grips their life and, and, and they just struggle from one thing to the next and to the next and it seems like they can't break that, 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 that pattern of poverty in their lives. And I'm telling you, God doesn't want your life marked by poverty. God doesn't, he wants you to be, have everything that you need. God is a God of provision in our lives, Amen. And so, so in dealing with this whole issue of contentment and, and how to handle money and stuff, then Paul kind of sums it up for Timothy here. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. And can I say to you today, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. And so you run from all these evil things. Anytime there's lust, and that word, there's two words there, the word long and the word craving that both have the context of lust. Run from lust. We don't stand around and try to fight lust. We flee from lust. We get away from it. But when we run from lust, you know what we do? We run to God. We pursue righteousness and godly life along with faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. So God helps us in these issues. The second thing that God does is he sets up a, a system. He set up the system of money to build us. He, he, money really, in, in many ways, becomes a test in our lives. Now, uh, in, in truly being educated, tests are not meant, okay, to see how little you know. Tests are not meant just to, to, to pass, or it's not just pass-fail, that tests are an educational tool. Come on, teachers, where are you at, right? Tests are educational tools. Tests are, are here to, to help you to grow and to help you to develop, and that's what God does with money. God has placed money in our lives because it, it, so that it can help grow our faith and so it can help grow our character. 
and, and truly, in many ways, I think money is probably one of the most tangible ways. It's one of the most tangible ways that we can demonstrate our trust and our confidence and our love and our commitment to God. It, it really is. Every time we've got money, not, not just how we get it, but what we do with it shows, it shows um, what we believe about God. It really does. I, um, I've said this for years, that, that checking your checkbook, your checkbook is really a theological document. A, a checkbook shows us, your checkbook or your debit card or your statement or your online account, whatever, it shows what you value. It shows what you believe in. It, it, it's, it's just truth. And, and so it shows where, what we're content with. You know, in Luke chapter 12, there's a story. Um, in Luke chapter 12 there, Jesus is, is involved in the story. And this man comes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, give me, tell my brother to give me my inheritance. Okay, and there's a parable there. You can read the whole story. And, and, and he's saying, I want what's mine. And, and I, I can't help but point out here, look at this. This guy comes to Jesus and he's saying, Jesus, I'm going to be upset with my brother. I'm willing to break relationship with my brother for money. I'm choosing money over family. I'm choosing money over relationship. I cannot tell you how many times through the years that I have seen families get divided and that there's been hurt and pain and, and breach of relationship because of money. Somebody didn't get what they thought they should get. Somebody else got more, you know, and, and all of a sudden there's, I didn't get what I wanted, and you took this, and you took that, and, and, and I pray that your family's never experienced that. But in this situation, Jesus said, hey, man, I'm not here to judge, but I'm telling you this, why would you pick money? Why would you choose money over relationship? Money you're going to leave behind. The only thing, listen, guys, the only thing we're going to take with us into eternity is the relationships we have. The only thing. And so Jesus says, okay, and, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you've worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, folks, I would never call you fools. But Jesus says, okay, Jesus says, <laughs> If you store up earthly wealth and you choose that over a rich relationship with God, you're a fool. He says it's idiotic, it's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's, it's a bad choice. So today, and, and let me just say this, it doesn't have to be either or. Okay? It's, it's not about, well, I'm either going to live, you know, have money or have God. No, I, I don't believe that. What I do believe is, is about priority. Which is going to come first? Okay, who's going to be first in your life? Uh, is, is God first in your life? Is he the priority in your life? Or, or do we let all other kind of things, you know, and, and it's amazing to me how many schemes we can come up with to get money. How many times we can, has anybody ever done this? Have you ever had a, maybe needed some money in your life? And all of a sudden, you're spending all of your time thinking about, well, I could go and cut grass, or I could go and do this, or I could do this, or I could, I mean, I could get another job. And, and all of a sudden, all of our emotional energy is wrapped up in thinking about money 
And what's it doing? Who, what could we have done instead? What could we have done? We could have gone to God and said, God, you know what I need. I'm coming to you first. So God, show me. Give me plans. Give me direction. Give me favor. Help direct me to somebody who can, who can help me in my situation. Do you, do you know that? You know, Pastor Chris mentioned it a minute ago that in our Grow the, the, uh, our, our Grow the Kingdom uh, plan here, that he said um, that we had about $20,000 come in last uh, week. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, that shows your heart, I really, and we really appreciate that. But he also mentioned that there was some other money. There was $16,000 that came in. Uh, and can I say this? That, that it, it, it came with people really not knowing specifically, they dedicated, donated to the building fund, but not knowing all the plans and purposes of what we were going to do. So you know what that tells me? It tells me that as we've been praying and as we've been seeking the Lord, as we've been saying, God, you direct our steps and you show us what to do, that God in heaven spoke to somebody, (laughs) spoke to people way away from us in that direction and way away from us in this direction, right? and sent money here. Can I tell you this? That God can get to you everything you need. Amen. He's not limited. He can do it. So he gives us some other instructions. He says this in Proverbs 28, 19. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies will end up in poverty. The trustworthy person will get rich, but a person who wants, uh, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. These are, these are good things to know. Proverbs 11, 4 says, Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but living right can save you from death. Proverbs eleven twenty four: Give freely and become wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Why? Because it's an issue of the heart. Amen? He's going on. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Can I ask... Uh, there were a bunch of people who last night, thank you all for serving down at Church Under the Bridge. How many people when you left went, oh, thank you, God, we got to go and give and, and love and share. How many people just felt blessed, felt, felt blessed? Yeah, felt blessed when you, I felt blessed, we felt blessed. Why? Because we got to be able to, got, we, got, we had the privilege, we got to be able to be Jesus' hands reaching out and touching others. Amen. So the third thing is that God set up the system of money to bless us. God wants to bless you. In Luke chapter 12, uh, Jesus is telling a, another uh, story and he says, um, uh, he says don't, uh, don't be concerned about what you're going to eat and drink. Don't worry about such things. Uh, he, he goes on, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. Look, these things dominate the faults of unbelievers. We're Christians, right? So, but how many times do we give thought to what we need to eat or what we need to drink or how we're going to pay the mortgage or what are we going to, how we're going to make our next bill? And he said, don't worry about such things. Those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers already, uh, all over the world. But your Father, your Father already knows your needs. He already knows your... How many people are glad that He knows our needs? I'm glad that He knows our needs. You know why? Because God cares about our needs. And God's not limited in meeting our needs. And so we're instructed. It says then, so seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God and He will give you everything you need. Okay? It's about what we put first. Seek 
first the kingdom of God, and he will give us everything we need. I don't think this is coming through. Seek first. (laughs) And, and, And folks, listen, this is an issue of the heart. And I've recognized when the bills come in, and it's not easy, and it's something that needs to be worked at and developed and disciplined into our lives. And I'm telling you, I'm thankful. I've made some mistakes through the years. I've, I took our kids' birthday money and invested it in a scam one time, lost all the money. I'm still paying them back for it. You know, I mean, it's so. But, uh, but I can remember this. I can remember in college, my tuition coming due in college, and, and feeling the stress and feeling the weight and feeling the pressure and, and, thinking, and, and thinking, man, I, I've got to skip my studies so I can go and work. And then I can remember the Lord speaking and saying, I didn't send you all the way from your home to Tennessee to study or to work. I sent you here to study. So do what you've been called to do and trust me. And I can remember folding that note up and I used to write thank you on it. Okay, And I would tape it to the wall. I have to say, God, that's yours. I know it's difficult, but, but if it's a heart issue, what do we trust in? Do we trust in the power of debt more than the provision of God? No, we don't. That's not who we are. So he goes on, and he says, um, so seek the kingdom of God, and he'll give you everything uh, you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Listen, it delights the Father to give you the kingdom. Let me put it in a way that we can understand, we can all understand. God is like a grandmother. Okay, (laughs) right? God is like a grandmother who, when they go to Walmart, walks through every aisle and sees something that his kids could use. And they need it, right? And they don't have any problem buying it. And they rejoice and they're happy to do it no matter what the checkbook says, right? So, a parable by Sam Fisher. Yeah, that's right. So, God, I'm telling you, he delights in giving us what we need. Amen? Fourth thing, ready? Okay, God set up a system, the system of money, not only to bless us, Okay, not only so that he could give to us so he would have ways. And, and can I ask you this? How many people have ever had God just do something special for them financially? Has anybody, have you, have you ever just been blessed and had somebody, man, I, I remember um, when Yvette and I lived on the island of the Bahamas, we, this, this little store had a kind of a, they, a charge account. And so you could just walk in, buy something, and say, put this on my account. And um, before you, you know, that's, this was kind of a, that was their form of credit cards. And before you know it, you'd spent more than you thought. And, and our, our little charge account bill um, was at one time more than our, that we had, than the money we had coming in for a whole month. And I can remember, man, you know, it's a small place and being embarrassed about it and it weighing pressure. And, you know, I want to go in and get something. No, we can't get it because we got to get this debt paid down. We got to get this bill paid down. And I can remember the day walking in and going, hey, I want to put some money on my account. And they go, oh, your account's been paid off. I was like, what? So uh, they said, yeah, somebody came in and they just wanted to bless you. They wanted to bless you. Man, I, I, it's it still, through the years, I can look back at the abundance of times when God has blessed my life. 
through money, through people who have been generous and people who have been gracious and, and people whose hearts were moved by God. Anybody, isn't that a great thing to know that God loves you enough that He'll take care of your financial needs? <clears throat> and I love, I'm so thankful for that, but can I also tell you, I love being the person who gives. Uh, Timothy chapter 6, he puts it like this. He says, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be, not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Okay, we, don't, we trust in God, not our money, amen? Money can get lost, right? Anybody, we, we can lose money. money can, but you know what? God's not going to get lost. God's always going to be there. He's always going to provide for us. He's always going to take care of us. So, so not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Look, look folks, I'm telling you, God's plan with money is not that it be stressful and worrisome and painful and, and difficult. And God's plan is that it be so ordered in our lives that it's enjoyable, that we enjoy the provision He gives us, we enjoy how it's used to meet the needs of our lives, and we enjoy getting to bless others with it. So He tells them in verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. Look how that's put together. God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment, tell them to use their money to do good, right? They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always, always ready to share with others. And by doing this, by doing this, they will lay up, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Folks, I, I, I'm thankful and I, I'm still dependent upon God to meet every need. And, but can I tell you, man, it's wonderful when God says, here, I'm not only going to provide for you, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to let you be rich. And folks, I'm telling you, no matter what your situation is today, no matter what your, your financial situation is today, that you are, that, that in comparison to the rest of the world, you're rich. Just go ahead and look over at the person beside you. You said, I'm sitting by a rich person today. I'm rich, right? They're rich. We are ri How many people know we are rich? Amen. Why is that so difficult? We are rich. We've been abundantly blessed. Amen. We are rich. And in blessing others, what he's saying here is that we're always blessed. We'll be blessed here and we'll be blessed there. So, so let's do what Matthew tells us, okay? He says this. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Don't you hate being stole from? I hate being stole from. So, right? Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, the de there, the desires of your heart will be also. What do you treasure more? Do you treasure money or do you treasure a relationship with God? Do you put trust in God? All right. Well, I want to wrap up. Um, you know, one of the things, though, I would say is not, not only does God bless us with the ability to bless other people, um, He blesses us with the opportunity to be extravagant, and, and especially in our worship. Some of you may know the story in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 26. 
It says, when Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who previously had leprosy, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. Uh, And I've often wondered who I would be if I was sitting at the table with Jesus. And in walks this woman, and some people think that it was Mary Magdalene. Others think that it was maybe an unknown woman, maybe somebody he had ministered to, maybe a prostitute that came in and, and she had this valuable, uh, commentaries say that this, this, this jar of alabaster oil, this nard, was worth um, probably a year's salary. One commentary that I read said uh, in today's money it would be worth about $56,000. And she brings it in. And, and, and she breaks it and she pours it over Jesus in this extravagant offering unto the Lord. She's, she's just being so extravagant in her worship. Why can't we be extravagant in our worship? Why? Where in the world have we bought into a sense of restraint? In our, if there's any place we should be unrestrained, folks, it should be in our worship. Amen. He's worth it. He is worth it. And so, and then the disciples, the disciples, the people who had walked with Jesus, the people who had followed Jesus, they said they were indignant when they saw this. What a waste. What a waste. It could have been sold for a high price and money given to the poor. You know what was operating in them at that point in time? It wasn't the love of Jesus, it was the spirit of religion. But Jesus, aware of this, he said, why are you criticizing this woman for doing such a good thing? You'll always have the poor among you. You'll not always have me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you can always minister to the poor. You, you can, why get upset about something extravagant being done to bless somebody? Why? why and, and folks, we've, we've all been there. I'm not saying that we, be, we should be just crazy and frivolous and stuff, but but you know what? If, if I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of love and generosity. Yeah, if, if somebody takes advantage of me and somebody, I lose a few dollars, I give to somebody and, and they go and go around the bush and get in their really nice car and drive off. Can I tell you, I haven't lost anything because I've given it to the Lord. He's the one that's given it to me. I'm laying up treasure in heaven. Amen. So she poured this perfume out on me to prepare me for my burial. Listen to this next verse. I tell you the truth that whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. You know what? She worshiped extravagantly. She gave extravagantly. She valued Jesus more than she valued possessions and more than she valued money. I I pray if you've never had the experience to do something extravagant for God, If you've never had the experience to be able to to do something sacrificial for God, I'm just telling you, there have been some times in our lives when God, at first it felt very threatening when he said, I want you to give or commit this kind of money or or, or make this type of a commitment. I'm I'm just telling you that that, that it's stretching, it's, it's scary, but I look back now and go, God, thank you. Thank you that you gave us the opportunity to do something extravagant for you and extravagant to bless you, extravagant to bless others. Oh, God, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I really do. I pray that you get to experience this. 
So what I want you to know, I want you to know that money is not the issue. The issue is our heart. What I want you to feel today, I want you to feel motivated to fully trust God with all of your heart, no matter what the circumstance of your life is. I want you to be motivated to demonstrate your trust in God. I'm serious. I I hope that today you'll be motivated to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your truth. I'm going to trust your goodness. I'm going to trust your character. I'm going to trust your promises more than I'm going to trust the few dollars I can hold in my hand. You're going to trust God to be a giver, to to be faithful in giving and to live generously. To live generously. To look for opportunities to sacrifice for the Lord and to pour out your love on Jesus by pouring your love out on others. Amen? You get that? Do you you get that today, folks? Let me put it in some practical terms. One, I hope you'll give give up here in this altar offering, (laughs) right? I hope that when you go to lunch today, is anybody going to lunch today? How many people, we're, we're going to, right? Bless, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was, but, yeah. Hey, bless your server. Bless them, right? Bless somebody else. Look for a way of just blessing them. Go at them. You know, buy somebody else's lunch. I mean, Yvette and I are available, but if you, that's right, you know. So buy somebody's lunch. Most importantly, what I want you to do, I want you to make a commitment today that says, you know what? I've trusted. I've let money or lack of money grip my heart, rule my heart. I've let it twist my life up. I've let it do something in me that it's helped build an identity in me. It's been, been something that I've said, well, now that I've got money, I'm okay. And when I don't have it, I'm not okay. And can I tell you, when you're with God, you're going to be okay. Amen. Then how about this? How many people would say today, more than ever before in my life, I want to make sure that I put my trust in God and not in money? Anybody? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And right now, why don't we just together just say, God, forgive me for the times when I've let money move me and, and, and identify me and direct my life. And God, forgive me for that. And today, come on, church, just today, I put my trust fully and completely in you, God. I trust you to be my provider, to be the one who cares for me, to be the one who blesses me and through my life gives me the opportunity to bless others. God, I worship you today with my heart, with all that I have. I give it to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen.